Hi everybody, I am Peter Travers. This is Popcorn, where we tell you what's happening at the movies. And there's a movie now called What They Had that broke my heart, made me laugh, and then broke my heart again. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is the fault of my guest today, Hilary Swank. Hi. Who stars in this movie. Yeah, I'm so lucky to well, be a part of it. Well, welcome to the show. It's Thank great you. to have you here. So nice to be here. I look at you and I want to call you Makushla. Oh, you, you can. Oh, I can. And I'm in green. Bean. It's you like my are. green robe it's I wore so, in the movie. It's so perfect. It's so <laughs> million dollar baby, isn't it? Yeah, well, that? maybe not the heel part, but... <laughs> Well, I don't know what she was doing. <laughs> She's in not in high heels, that's for sure. of doing that. <laughs> but tell us a little bit about what, what they had is and what attracted you to it. Well, you know, I feel like there's a lot of things that attracted me to it. One, I feel like it's one of the more vulnerable roles I've ever played because there was nothing to hide behind. There was no accent. There was no, you know, putting on muscle or or playing um, a boy. It no was, boxing gloves. Yeah, <laughs> and it was me playing a woman trying to figure it out and trying to navigate the waters of finding out that a family member has a disease and what do you do with that? And it shines a bright light on um, family dynamics, you know, um, the strengths and weaknesses of a family. And this movie is about also family dysfunction, but the love underneath that. And we all know what that is. We all have our own family dysfunction that we deal with and um, and crisis that brings us together. But then, as we were talking about before the show, there's a lot of levity in it. So there's a lot of there humor. There really is. So that... I mean, yeah, Blythe Danner, who plays your mother, is just... It's right away in the beginning of the movie we see that vulnerability of her getting up in her nightgown in winter and just walking outside yeah. and not knowing what's happening. Yeah, it's got... I mean, for me... <clears throat> I don't, it's so heartbreaking. I mean, any disease is heartbreaking and the way it changes a person and how your life is just irrevocably different and, and how that shapes everyone else who loves you's life as well. Um, but just the idea of who are you without your memories? We really take our memories for granted. It's the granted. scariest thing that can happen. Yeah, and almost, I mean, for her and someone going through that, <laughs> they have a whole new perspective on life. But everyone else who's around them is you know, you lose that person the way they were at that time. Um, so, but like, like we were also talking about, it's not done in a melodramatic way. And getting the opportunity to work with Blythe, who um, I grew up watching and love, and Robert Forster, you know, these people, it's kind of like taking a master class in acting. Well, the setup is basically you're being brought in as the middleman. <laughs> the brother, Michael Shannon, plays this saying, it's time for her to go to some place where yes. she can be taken care of. Right. Dad says, she's my girl. Yeah. I can't, I can't that let denial. this. That denial. Also the denial that this is happening, <clears throat> that maybe it'll reverse and maybe she'll, you know, that it won't, it won't continue to, to, to lose her, her memories. I mean, maybe one day she's going to wake up and, I, and, 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 and be herself again, you know, or, or just holding on to those, those little moments and just savoring them. You, can, you feel for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of that, I just feel like it's beautifully written. It's a first-time writer-director, and it's her family story, so it's very personal. And um, she said she really wrote it because it was her her um, way of holding on to her grandmother who had Alzheimer's. It was her way of, of keeping them near and not letting them go. So as she said, it was kind of for her a little selfish treat. That kind of human drama 
that in this day of basic comic books and everything that happens, yeah. we don't see. Television is where it is. Yes, that's right. Movies and really can't afford this kind of movie, which seems odd because it's not a big budget thing. This is the smallest budget I ever worked <clears throat> on. This film was done in 22 days. Oh. Yeah. And it's just a passion. You know, you just, you make these movies because you love them and they have something to say and we can all relate to them. And it's a nice break from the, you know, the people who are wearing masks and climbing walls and fly, flying through mm -hmm. the air. And there's a place for that too, but it's just nice to have yeah, the choice. Well, it's true. Well, it's parents, you know, we all have them. Yeah. What are we going to do? What's yeah. going to, what happens when that happens? Now you brought up your dad. Mm-hmm. So you, what, was, what was his medical problem? That My dad, um, he needed a lung transplant. And so, uh, you know, they say it's, it's one of the hardest uh, surgeries a person can undergo. And it's still, there's a lot to be learned about it. My dad is very much a guinea pig, which the doctors have, have, have verbally said. Um, and so he's been, this works, that doesn't, this works, that doesn't. And what, what was going to be a year of kind of make it or break it became three years. I'm happy to say he's healthy, he's back to life, he's independent, he's getting around. He still lives with, with me and now my new husband. Um, Congratulations. And thank you, yeah. thank you. And, uh, but um, taking three years off to care for him, I was so blessed that I, was, I had a job that I could take time off. Mm -hmm. um, but it also, it gave me um, a new appreciation for being a storyteller just because I took time away from it and my heart grew fonder for it, and um, and then stepping into this as my first thing back, it was very it mirrored, very much what I had experienced. It's just the way you said it. I took three years off. Yeah, <laughs> you know, given a career. Yeah, where usually the people around you were saying, "You're doing what? Yeah, what? Well, it wasn't. <clears throat> it wasn't." One, I wasn't even thinking of the time. It just ended up being that span of time. Mm -hmm. And what we thought was going to be a year just kept going, you know, time just kept happening. And my dad needed me, and I didn't want to be anywhere else but to be helping him. So, that's a good daughter. Well, I think that's what you do. That's what families do. They should do. That's what they should do. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good thing. <laughs> I mean, because this whole story, your whole story in this business... Doesn't that start with your mom yeah. getting in the car with you? Yeah, my mom. I remember one of your Oscar speeches, one of the many. You have like no. 22. <laughs> no. Right, it's like whatever No, it is, that's Meryl. So many. <laughs> it's Meryl, yeah. Well, even she doesn't have 22. But the, the concept was that you said, I'm just a girl from a trailer park. Yeah. And I had the dream to do this. Yeah. And you seem to never go to the negative on what this trials were. To us, it sounds, what do you mean a trailer park? Your mom takes you and you're living in a car? Yeah, well, it's so interesting. First <clears throat> of all, I would say yes, and for the most part, I am a very optimistic person and mm -hmm. I always look for the pros in any situation. But when I, if I went back in time and put myself in that place, it was incredible. My mom said, we're gonna, if, we're really, if you really want to be an actor, we need to go to Los Angeles. She was at a crossroads in her life. We drove to California with $75 and we lived out of our car. And a lot of people were like, what? But for me, I was like, yeah, it was incredible. This I was is so great. going to pursue my dream. I love my car. I mean, you know, and and also the whole idea of a trailer park. I mean, there's a lot of obviously stigma around that and um, conversation about it. And that's 
unfortunately, how I learned about classism at a very young age, because mm. you don't know, you don't know, you have a roof over your head, it's mm-hmm. fine. It's like, you don't, it's like it's, you're, you're suddenly taught that that's not uh, a place that, you know, uh, that you, I, uh, is, I don't know, I, think of all the things that people say about a trailer park, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, but for me, it was my home. So um, it's just unfortunate. And you're having fun. Yeah. I'm just, I'm having my life, but uh, it's, um, then you're taught that that's looked at a certain way. Mm -hmm. And then you, and that's what starts shaping your ideas of things. But um, it's, it is what it is. And I, I have parents who believe in me. I have parents who did their best um, and I'm living my dream. But I will say it definitely teaches you to persevere because I had so many people say to me, when are you going to give up your hobby? This is a pipe dream. This is never going to happen. Look where you grew up. You don't even have any money. You can't even, how are you, you can't even eat, let alone go to an audition. Like, you know, that, those types of things over and over and over and over. And when you hear that, that can become your truth or you can just stay in, you know, what you believe and say. Well, you didn't know the rules. Exactly. <laughs> it's kind of great. Yeah. You nobody gave you the handbook that says, this is not how it works. Yeah. You need this agent. You need this thing to happen. And I think that if you love something so much, nothing's going to stand in your way. You're going to hit the pavement. And you, I mean, look, there's been, there, there, there still are, there's setbacks all the time. But how do you choose to move through that? You know, that's your choice. Because we can't control anything that happens, right? Life is happening. My dad needs a lung transplant. Someone gets Alzheimer's. Life happens. But it's how you choose to deal with it. It is. Because you could have just said, I can't take this. Yeah. Uh, and you withdraw right. from whatever life is handing you. Right. Did you ever have a period of, in the beginning, of confusion of where do I belong in this world? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, and still, I mean, I think we always do. Um, I think it, we just, it just changes that you don't need to belong in it as much because you have other things going on in your life. And so that's not your entire life. So um, I think that just makes you feel more settled, you know, before when you're really, you know, young and you're still trying to find your, your, your place, you, um, you want to belong more. And um, that causes so many problems, I think. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Does it, does it really? Just, yeah, the- you're just saying yes to things that might not be right for you, even though because someone else thinks it's right for I'll you. I'll do it. And yeah, you yeah, know, I'll and following it. other people's instincts and not your own. And then all of a sudden you're 40 and you're like, nope, not going to do that. That does not feel right for <laughs> well, me. That didn't quite happen that <laughs> You were doing a lot of things. I remember seeing you. I remember two things. I remember Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, my first movie. 16. So five minutes ago. Yeah, that nice yeah but there's a please in the beginning of that please Please. that's so five minutes ago (laughs) there's so many movies that one could be saying that about yeah that's true but then you're in the next karate kid you are mr miyagi is training you to be this yes were you 18 yeah were you always physical were you always yes. somebody who could? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I grew up um, an athlete. I love sports. Mm-hmm. It's been one of the, I think being in sports has been one of the most important things for me. Um, and also as a woman, um, just the idea of being able to understand what your body's capable of and in a world that women are oftentimes objectified and trivialized. So mm-hmm. the idea of, oh, I, I can push myself and my body's made to work for me in this way. And then to also work in a 
team environment with other women or girls at that time um, who were working towards an end goal together. We had to support one another. We mm. had to um, be there for one another and um, learn how to be uh, team 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 players. So that I've carried into my life and being supportive of other women and and allowing myself to be supported by other women and. Um, it's, it was incredible. And know how to push myself, how to get out of my own way. Our mind is our biggest obstacle. All that stuff that sports gives you. What about the boxing? Did Clint Eastwood come to you and say, I remember hearing about you? Um, so Boxing's I, a whole different thing. It, it is. It is a completely different thing. And my... I have so much respect because you hear three minutes and you're like, yeah, I can do anything for three minutes. I mean, yeah. Then you get in the ring mm-hmm. and someone's punching you in the stomach yeah. when you're trying to catch your breath and you're constantly moving and you're about to, you're throwing up and passing out with before three minutes is over. You're what like, a glamour life. That really is. I'm puking, I'm passing out, but yeah, sure, I can do it. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, that, was a, that was quite a time. Um, talk about having to get out of my own way. If I got out of bed in the morning and said, oh, I can't do this, I'm too tired, then I wouldn't be able to do it. I had to just get out of my own way and say, I can, I'm going to get up one minute at a time and I'm going to do this. That was such a gift, that movie, on so many levels. It was a beautiful script. I've never, ever filmed a movie where one word wasn't changed from the second I read it to the, to the end picture. Mm-hmm. It was all there, um, not one word changed. A perfect, perfect movie. Perfect Clint, Morgan, dream come true. And um, I kind of was like, what do you do from here? Where do you go from here? What do you do? But this happened twice to you, you know, in terms of that kind of role. Yeah. As an actor, so blessed. you get a lot of what you're talking about and what they had as being something that's close to you. Yeah. But Boys Don't Cry isn't, you know? No, right. And it's a, it is a risk to do it. Yeah, well, I think, you know, making any movie is a risk because, you know, you're really only as good as your last movie a lot of the time. And um, it, it, Clint, speaking of so apropos, said it so well. You always aim for the bullseye, but you don't mm. always hit it. And that's just the way it is. And so any movie is a risk. But I've never looked at something and thought, what will people think of me if I am passing as a boy? Or, um, you know, I just, I, for me, it's a blessing because I get to step in someone's shoes and see the world through eyes in a way that I wouldn't had it just been me walking. And yeah. so it enriches my life and it, it gives me a chance to grow and and blow up in my blinders of how I see the world, and it's incredible. It seems now, especially with Boys Don't Cry, that it just becomes more and more timely. And what happened to him, and how tragic that was, and how we still live in a world where that kind of... Hate crime still happens. It does. I don't, I mean, it's, get, are you ready for this? Next year, it'll be 20 years. No. 20 years since I filmed Boys Don't Cry. It was 1999. And we've come, you know, a, a long way, but we have a long way to go. There's, there's, um, I love how people are coming together and supporting one another. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, it's at the time, you know, gay people didn't even want to be associated with trans people. 
They were like, keep us separate. Like this is, you have your own thing. We have, a, And now we're all, I think we're all working together no matter what gender. I think it's transcending gender and making it about something bigger, which is, it is. And you have an LGBTQ, you have an entire thing that says we're all together in this. That's right. Yeah. And even outside of that, we're all together. It's our responsibility to stand up for everyone's rights across the board, no matter what gender, no matter what race, oh. period. Everything that seems to be your part of your decision-making process to do something seems intensely personal. Mm. There are things you could read about you doing Boys Don't Cry where the story is she only made $75 a day yeah. or something for being in that movie. But look what the movie was. Yeah, I mean, and no one knew that this little movie that had such an important message. Had I known that it would be this kind of this the start of a conversation mm-hmm. in this big way, I probably would have been frozen in, in responsibility, you know? But it's just an honor, really. And there are things that I completely relate to in Brandon Tina and every character that I play. And every single one of those characters is still in my heart and I walk around the world with them. Your whole career seems to me risks, you know, that you take. You just <laughs> I think say, so. I mean, impossible to typecast, you know? <laughs> you say, you can't play Brandon again, you know? You really didn't do any more boxing movies. Yeah. You keep doing things that are going to are going to push you in that way. Yeah. But what do you do when it's just life and you have it because I read somewhere that you did some skydiving? Yeah. I'm um I'm Of course. I'm, that's <laughs> that's what we all do. It just takes the pressure off. Right. I like to do things that I guess scare me. I guess you're right. Mm-hmm. I'm a Leo. Maybe that's a Leo characteristic. It makes me feel alive. You've also gotten married. I got so married. This is, yeah. It's I just got a couple of months ago. Yeah, not even. I think it's seven weeks or something. It's wow. yeah, it's great. It is and I heard this and if it's not true, I'm gonna be really sad. What? That you and your husband tap danced we did at your wedding. You know, people do ballroom or they learn something for their dance. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought, well, Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, they were so incredible. And let's do that. Why don't we do that? And your husband went he along said, with this. He's a Leo. Oh, he's a Leo, too. Yeah, he so went you're like all this. jumping out of it. Off Good idea. Good idea. And, uh, <laughs> and then we found ourselves learning how to tap dance. But I have to say, I think it's really important for anyone who's getting married to learn how to do something together. Like that, mm-hmm. because it, it, it shows how you support one another. It goes back to the team sports thing. You know, how you work through being frustrated. You just stepped on my foot again, or whatever. You know, <laughs> that's not the move we just learned. <laughs> um, no, it was so much fun. And um, it was so fun to see our family and friends' reactions to it. And I think their reaction made us l- look or seem better than we actually were, FYI. Anyway, as we come to a close, and this is the first time you've done this show, yeah, you don't know that we end in song. I do know that. You do know that. Uh huh. And I heard you don't let anyone leave unless nobody they sings. No. But it's this just, is the thing. As you can't I can't go anywhere. As I um, as I came in, I was like, oh my gosh, there's so many songs that I like. Which one should I sing? And I wish that I had the. Like, Didn't you have a wedding song? Yeah, actually, I could sing that one. Um. um can't take my eyes off of you. You're like heaven to touch. Um, how's the rest of it go? I want to hold, hold you so much. Thank God love has arrived. Right? I love you, baby. <laughs> it. And if it's quite all right, I need you, baby. 
that's a song for someone that jumps out of planes. That's, that's and, the way to do it. Yeah. Hillary, you are just Thank a delight. You. Thank Thanks. you so much. Thanks.